are good to go. With more of the Matt Wyatt Show. Coming to you direct and live. Here we go. Hour number two of the show. Off and running with you. Staying connected to you because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi. C Spire, customer inspired. Check them out at cspire.com. Was it Will says here on the Murray West live thread, this season our opponents are averaging 72.9% completions. Our 20-year allowed completion percentage average is 59%. Boy, when you look, Will, me and you as state fans, okay, so the 20-year average, and we're talking about most of your life and most of my adult life, <laughs> that's a long time, right? So across 20 years, we're used to, on average, seeing about 59% from opponent opposing quarterbacks. And this year, we're watching 72% on average, and that's all of them. See, that's all of them. And we've had some 90s and 83s and 88s. Will has also done the research. The worst season for completion percentage. This is opposing QBs versus a state defense. He said what um, before this was uh, the, the worst one before this one was 2011, 2011. State's defense gave up 64.5% completion that year. We're 8% higher this year than our worst year ever in terms of completion percentage for an opposing quarterback. Does that make, does that make sense? So what you're saying is, Will, and again, you could go back and look it up and compare, and this would be more work for you. And look, I... I am not trying to give you more work. <laughs> but compared to 2016, and we always remember how bad 2016 was. Good heavens. All right. Over to the phone line, the Divinity Equipment phone line, Divinity Equipment in Madison and in Jackson. Rooster on line one. Rooster, thank you for being patient. What's up? That's all right. Happy Halloween. What do you mean 16 was bad? It was 55 to 20. That well, was the score. 55 to 20. No, 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 no. Egg no, 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 no. We weren't talking about the egg bowl. We were talking about the 2000. This was. So, so this goes back to the first hour conversation, Rooster. It was the season, the whole season, opposing quarterbacks' completion percentage against our defense. And. And this year, it is historically, historically very, very poor just forcing incompletions from opposing quarterbacks. Well, sure. That, well, that was what we Yeah, but that's right now. Yeah, 16. Defense, but you're right. 16 did end with a bang because of that huge blowout yeah. in the Egg Bowl. Yeah, I was there. I mean, Nick Fitzgerald running crazy up and down the field. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> you know. That was Hugh Freeze's demise, and, you know, that's the thing. I think I called on your show and made my prediction. It was 10 Auburn and Arkansas, well, it's 1-9 SEC. <laughs> yeah, you won off. lose to. You don't want to lose to Auburn. But the good thing about it was I got a good nap. I mean, second quarter, I cut it off, took a nap. <laughs> <laughs> so sure that, that was a silver lining, second huh? <laughs> 
Yeah, I slept like a baby. Apparently, woke up and you know. And the good thing about this week, we get I get to go to Oxford of all places. Oxford. The game we've got two games in Mississippi. One is eleven o'clock in Oxford, and one is six thirty or seven in Starkville. There you go. So you can do both. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's the true. The question man. is, is Woody out for the season? Is he going to play Saturday? What's the update? I have not heard anybody say anything that led me to believe he was out for the season. Um, and they can win that game without Will Rogers. But they're not going to win that game without Woody Mark. No way. Yeah. And I'm almost like you know Sam Pittman made the statement: "We have to win this game." I hope Arnett doesn't say that. <laughs> don't say that. Yeah, don't say. There's four games left on the schedule. You got to win two. Unless there's a five-seven possibility with what do you call it ARP APR standings, yeah. I don't think you can lie on that issue. Remember, you ever went to the bowl with five and seven? Hey, but you know what APR stands for, you don't you? Academic something. It stands for academic progress rate, or something like that. Yeah, APR. And I'm right. thinking, <laughs> thinking, wait, are is the NCAA still monitoring the academic? Progress rate, you know, or, or whatever they call that. That's oh, I don't know. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know because it, you know, it sure looks like if we don't win Kentucky, there won't be six wins. Yeah. And so this looks like a must game. They can beat them. Like I say, they can beat them without Will Rogers, but they're not going to uh, beat them without a probably a 200-yard uh, rushing game. They can beat them to carry the football. Yeah. Sure wish we had Dylan Dunson. I always thought he was better than Woody. Who's that? He was bigger anyway. <laughs> you know. But yeah, pleasant thing was I missed my prediction. I mean, oh Lord, it's bad that it moves to you, please. But I got a great <laughs> nap, you know. Got a nap in. But this week this weekend did both places. I hope some, I hope other people will do that too. You know, support both things. Yeah. Need a good crowd there, I need a sellout. Yeah. Rooster. It'll be sold out at Oxford, I guarantee you. Oh, yeah. Uh, they got yeah. Texas A&M. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they'll have a great crowd. And they're flying yeah, they're high right now. They're in the coach's poll on this is number 10. How about that? And and rightfully yeah. so. I mean, you know, you watch them, to their credit, too, they look like they're getting better each week, you know, I know and particularly after that Alabama game. But they, Ole Miss doesn't have the look of some of their past teams, even that one last year, that they kind of just, you know, they're good, they're explosive, depending on who they play, you know, but you knew they were going to run up against some better teams. And this one, that coaching staff really seems to be, you know, week to week, getting a little better here and a little better there. So they got Ole Miss people excited right now. Rooster's gone. I heard the beep. Good to hear from you, Rooster. Appreciate you being patient. Yeah, so look, I know there's probably somebody out there going, well, Matt, um, you sure have talked a lot about State's defense when it's actually their offense who has played eight quarters of football and come up with two, exactly two touchdowns <laughs> in eight quarters of football. Yeah, you're right. You know, like we said, again, part of the game flow against Auburn on Saturday was that you know, defense had the poor first half, give up 300 yards in the first half, 
to a bad Auburn offense, frankly, down 24-3 at halftime. But the reason Auburn's able to come out in the second half and sort of take the ball out of harm's way and and don't need to take chances because they know, well, their offense can't score. So and if Auburn Auburn would have had to be much different offensively if they were against an offense that's blowing and going on the other side, but it wasn't. So all that stuff kind of plays a factor there. I would like to take a moment to chat it up with Beaver if he's here. Let me see if I get let me see the bell here. <laughs> Is that too much? Hey B. Hey Matt Wyatt. How's your Monday going? It's fine so far. So far, so good. Would you uh, would you mind telling the listeners about the goodies I sent you a picture of before the show today? Oh, what did you call these I, things? I called those things yummy mummies. Yummy mummies. So it's nutter butters. Uh, covered in white chocolate, drizzled in more white chocolate, and chocolate chips for eyes. Yes, and they look like mummies. And my mum, as they say over in Great Britain, my mom made them. Nutter butter cookies. <laughs> Y'all, I was telling Beaver this before the show. I said they're nutter butter cookies covered in white chocolate, and then it's drizzled all across them to make it look like it's wrappings of a mummy, and then two chocolate chips as the eyes. And we call them yummy mummies. And he said, hey, hey, you had me at Nutter Butter Cookies. <laughs> Beaver, I have another question for you. Is white chocolate the same thing as almond bark? I don't think so. <laughs> Is it? See, I don't know. I don't know the answer. My mother's, when she texts, I said, what is that you made put on the outside of that? She said, oh, it's almond bark or white chocolate. And I said, wait a minute, that's the same thing? She said, I don't know. Look it up. <laughs> My mom's advice to me was, I don't know. Google it. And I hadn't had a chance to Google it. I figured you might know. Well, I go from, or I go with, or I go back to, whatever I'm trying to say here, that episode of The Office when Michael offered everyone, it was almond bark, and they sounded disgusted. <laughs> Nobody likes that but you, they said. <laughs> so I feel like it's something different because I don't know that everyone would have made such a stink over just white chocolate. Yeah, right. Okay, so it's, maybe it's a little different. Well, you bring up an interesting reference there because i got to give you an office reference. Uh, today is October the 30th. And on this day, October 30th, 2008, the episode known as Employee Transfer aired on that Thursday night, October 30th, 2008, on NBC, The Office, Employee Transfer. Do, do you, does that name of that uh, episode ring a bell for you, Beave, at all? No. All right, here's the synopsis. By the way, this Wait. was... Okay, go ahead. Let me try to guess just from the name. Employee transfer. Was that the one where Stanley was threatening to go to 
to go work for Karen? Uh, no, no, but okay. good guess. This was season five, the sixth episode of season five. This was when they transferred Holly away from Michael. But it was a Halloween thing. They remember they were all dressed up, okay? And like the main story on that particular episode, Beaver, was that Holly Flax had to transfer to Nashua or wherever it is. And they went on the road trip. You know, Daryl drove them in his truck. And Michael made them listen to that song, Life is a Highway, over and over again. Yeah. But Beaver, I hate that song. I cannot stand that song. <laughs> um. But they were all dressed up, you know, at the beginning of the, the episode, they were dressed up in their Halloween costumes. Um, and that was the one where Creed was dressed like um, the Joker from Batman. And it seems like he and Dwight both were dressed up like the Joker for Batman. Let's see here. Oh, and it's the one where you remember Pam is at art school in New York and she dressed up for Halloween and got to school and realized she was the only one who dressed up. Mm -hmm. Nobody else did it. Remember that? So anyway, yeah, that was the that was the episode. But it aired on this day back in 2008. Uh, that was the fifth season and sixth episode of that fifth season uh, of The Office. So there you go. And also one other thing for you, Beaver, this is a big day for you. Feel free to go out and celebrate later with some candy corn. It is National Candy Corn Day. So get your beaver, get yourself a handful of candy corn and just shove them in your mouth, eat them all at once. Okay? Enjoy it. Enjoy it. Did you ever eat those candy corn we gave you? Or did you just find someone else to give them to? I must have given them to somebody else. All right. Here we go. Over to the Murray West live thread. <laughs> JS290 says, see, that's what I'm telling you. There's two types of people in this world. The, me and y'all. I like candy corn. JS290 says, candy corn is disgusting. Um, I, I disagree. Uh, we were talking about historical completion percentage. Will's looking it up for us. Because this year's defense at State has given up a, like a, just an unbelievable per high percentage of completions to opposing quarterbacks. Will says our 50-year average is 54.5%, basically. He said, but you got to consider that's in the 70s, 80s, 90s. Teams weren't throwing the ball back then. Yeah, that's right. And it really is true, Will. I mean, you can go back to – you know, a time in the late 80s, early 90s where some quarterback in college completing 60% of his throws was a very high percentage for that day, for that, for that time. And like I said earlier when we were talking about it in the first hour, you know, I understand that it's a, kind of a modern era for everybody's pass game. And just offenses and schemes and style of play and everything is different now than it was. But it's not like some schools stayed with the old stuff and some schools went with the new. Like everybody has been taken along into this and state's no different. Um, it's just, I, you know, when I say I've never seen anything like it, the, the numbers you're looking up back it up. We ain't seen anything like it. We have not seen it. As you know, Gabe said he yeah looked it up. 
Um, Will looked it up as well. And we brought this up. You know, we're talking about how bad the 2016 defense was at times. But opposing quarterbacks in 2016 completed 61%, rounded up to 62. This year, you are what? At 73% for opposing quarterbacks? And you've had 88s and 90s? I just, I don't know. I mean, I honestly don't have one clue what to say about it <laughs> or how or why because I ain't never seen it before. We have someone on the country pleasing text line that says, I love candy corn, especially mixed mixed with peanuts. It tastes like a payday. Throw in some M&Ms, yum. I agree. I like it. How can you not like it? It's just sugar. Do you like sugar? Answer is yes. Okay. <laughs> um, all right, and look, so, you know, we'll, we'll move on at uh, some point here. Take a look at a few other scores that happened this weekend. Georgia beats up on Florida, so on and so forth. You know, I don't I don't know about the the entire you know spectrum of games across the entire top twenty five country this coming weekend. How good, bad, whatever. I know in the SEC it's a little blah, actually. But you do have Alabama LSU this weekend. We'll see what happens. Speaking of. Bam and LSU coming up this weekend here on the Divinity Equipment phone line. I got a call from LSU 10 on line one. Thanks for calling. What's up? Hey, man, I got a question for you. I asked B, but he's like me. He doesn't know. All right, we get in a shootout with Alabama. We will win that game. And no doubt about that because we have the better quarterback. Yeah. But, all right, let's say for the sake of argument, we do win. And then we went out. Who wins the West, us or Ole Miss? See, I I don't know how you decide that because my without looking up the tiebreakers, LSU ten. My first reaction, my first thought is surely the first tiebreaker would be the head-to-head competition. But but I think we've had that in the past, and I think I found myself to be wrong <laughs> um, because they factor. You know, I got to look it up and see, but I know one of the deciding factors in the tiebreaker is each team's record against their own division, right? Like, so you'd look and see who beat who, but then again, you're kind of stuck there because LSU, Ole Miss, and Alabama are all in the same division. So I, I just feel like without looking it up, don't quote me on this because we can. We, I can look up here in a minute what the tiebreakers are, but I just feel like in a scenario where if you had this three-way tie, it looks to me like since they're all in the West, it may sure enough come down to head-to-head competition. And if LSU and Ole Miss are tied, then that would be Ole Miss. But I'll, I'll look it up here in just a second, LSU 10, and see if I can find the right answer, okay? I appreciate it because I, I – I've been thinking about that all day. And I said, well, I just called my buddies on the good show. Notice <laughs> I said the good show. <laughs> I uh, appreciate it. And y'all could could get an answer for me because. Uh, yeah, let's see. Well, uh, if I want to know something, I should, this is where I call to find out. <laughs> well, I really do appreciate that. And like I say, if I don't have the answer here, I can hopefully, you know, look it up for you. 
Oh, and, and another thing, I'll help you. Some make good deer sausage for long. Bring it. I got I am to ready. do process right now. Okay. How long does it, when you take one, how, how long do you generally, does it take before you go back and, and pick it up? A good three weeks because I let mine hang for 10 to 14 days. Okay. Okay. Is that pretty typical for everybody else? Well, some do, some don't. I just think it makes it taste better. Yeah. And it's a lot more tender after it's been hanging in the cooler for that long. I got you. Hey, that's me, the way my, my granddaddy was a cattle farmer. That's the way he did his cows. So I just adopted yeah. it to the critters I shoot. Yeah. And it works. Yeah. Do it the same way. Hey, um, let me just read you. I think uh, what I've got here is is an article where somebody spelled it out. Let me read you what it said for SEC championship game tiebreakers, a three-team tie or more. <clears throat> it says here, if three teams or more are tied for a division title, in this order, first combined head-to-head record among the tied teams, then it goes to the record of the tied teams within the division. Then the third thing, head-to-head competition against the team within the division with the best overall conference record. Now, that may sound a little confusing, but I found it, and I'll discuss it a little further on the other side of the break, LSU 10. Hopefully that helps. Because, I mean, if they went by points, we'd win hands down. We average it an ungodly amount of points in every game. Yeah, but I'm not seeing that right now as one of the top tiebreakers. Appreciate the phone call. Thank you. All right, thank you. Yes, sir. So we'll look at that, kind of break it down and see what that scenario is. Stick around. With a Matt Lyons show. Ready to talk sports the Mississippi way with you. So get in on the conversation and tell him what you think. All right, back with you. I'm Matt. Uh, LSU Tim was wondering about uh, tiebreakers, you know, if and what if. So you got Alabama, LSU playing this weekend. Well, and Ole Miss is sitting out there with one conference loss. It happens to be to Alabama. So there is certainly a scenario where if LSU were to beat Alabama this weekend, you could end up with either a two- or a three-way tie in the West Division. Um, and then they got to go through the tiebreaker scenarios to see who gets to go to the SEC championship game. And so it's really clear. I mean, it's very, very clear that Ole Miss, because they beat LSU earlier this year, is pulling for LSU this weekend to beat Alabama, who Ole Miss lost to. And that gives Ole Miss a better chance of getting in a tiebreaker or something may fall their way. But it is a little bit complicated, as you can imagine. Know this. It says if you have three teams or more, so you have three or more teams tied at the top of the division with the same record at the end of the year, we start going through these tiebreaker levels. And if at some point one of the teams gets knocked out and now we only have two, then they just go back and start over with the two-team tiebreakers. And the number one tiebreaker between two teams, if you have a two-team tie, is simply head-to-head. Okay, so LSU 10, just start right there. Know this, LSU 10. If you 
somehow wind up tied with Ole Miss, and it's just a two-way tie, Ole Miss and LSU at the top of the West, Ole Miss is going because they beat you. Right? So if you're so as an LSU fan, you you gotta make sure you are not in a two-way tie with Ole Miss. They get the head to head. So that's the you know, what we're saying. Head to head between two teams is the deal. But if you here it is. If you have a three-way tie, let's say we get to the end of the year and Alabama, LSU, Ole Miss all have one loss, and they are to each other. First, three or more teams tied. First tiebreaker. Combined head-to-head record among the tied teams. So what's Alabama? If you, if you had Alabama, LSU, Ole Miss, what's Alabama's record against these two? What's LSU's record against these two? What's Ole Miss's record against these two? And in that case, it would be the same. Then the next one is the record of the tied teams within their division. So, even in a three-way tie, number one tiebreaker is head-to-head. Number two is against your division. Well, in the scenario we're talking about, they'd all have the same Western Division record, right? See, that helps Ole Miss, too, because they play Georgia, but it's out of the division, right? But it still counts as an SEC loss. They, so, that's the thing for Ole Miss. They, got, they still have work to do with Georgia on the schedule. But they can beat them. They can. They, they get the offense. You never know. So head-to-head in the division. And then third thing is head-to-head competition against a team, the team within the division with the best overall conference record, not each other. So that's where it really gets interesting to me um, is because then it starts to, to knock it off. Like best conference record, you start going through the West division. Um the fourth level is the overall conference record against non-divisional opponents. So, Eastern Division, the crossover for these West teams. So, LSU 10, it's head-to-head, it's in the division. you got to go four levels into the tiebreaker before you get to where they start considering your record against the Eastern Division. And once you get there, then it might not favor Ole Miss if they're sitting there with a loss to Georgia. But even then, you're still looking at a scenario where you, in order to have the three-way tie with a two-loss team, they don't have to have two losses, which is, to me, very unlikely. So the head-to-head is going to kind of play it out. So as simple as you can make it right now, LSU 10, is you definitely, obviously, you definitely want to beat Alabama this weekend. Okay. And then you definitely want Ole Miss to lose to Georgia. Right? Yeah. And and then if everybody wins out from there, you got it. That's basically how that's, that, that works. You see how hard that is for somebody like me? Somebody else could have explained that in 30 seconds. <laughs> that stuff's hard on me. All right. Here we go. Other games from the weekend. Let's do it now. Uh, we'll look at the scores. First, though, country pleasing text line, Jason in Flagstaff texts the show, and he said, can State do what Arizona has done in the portal? They've got a monster brewing in Tucson on the strength of their transfer-heavy defense. Pretty much dominated a very good Oregon State offense Saturday night. 
in Washington State before that, and they were horrible on defense last year. Well, Jason, I'll tell you this. I think the answer is yes. Um, you know, Jason, you're loyal to this show and loyal to me, and I hadn't even spent a lot of face-to-face time with you, but, I, you know, we're friends, right? And I owe it to you to give you an honest answer. And the truth is, I feel a little icky, even at this point, getting on the radio and talking about a scenario that involves, you know, massive turnover on your roster, you know, basically cutting guys off the roster who are maybe even scholarship football players or encouraging them to transfer and, you know, that whole thing because you're supposed to do that, right? I mean, but here we are. And if you're going to it's if you're going to be competing against schools who from one year to the next will basically cut guys off their roster. Send them packing, encourage them to leave however they do it, and then go out and hit the portal and bring in new players. If you're going to be and, and improve drastically. And if you're going to be competing against people that do that, you have to consider doing it yourself, don't you? Yeah, within if it's within the rules, like it's kind of like uh, I remember one of the first couple of years that Mike Leach was the head coach at State. I was having a conversation with him, and it was regarding some of these teams out there that are intentionally flopping and faking injury to get free timeouts, and it became a sort of a rampant issue. It was really kind of looked bad and it was obviously they weren't hurt and all this and he says yeah they ought to do something to stop it he said but if they don't we got to be prepared to tell a guy to hit the deck if the other guys are going to I can't let them do it and have the advantage and us not do it and us not have the advantage if it's within the rules you see so anyway all of that to say Jason yeah I think is the answer you know if um uh, you, you can't you can't be this you can't have that many issues and in this environment uh, frankly not look for a way to to address it in the portal I mean that's just the way it is I hate to say it but it's the way it is and the other thing is Jason you let the season continue to I don't know stink there's going to be a bunch of players. You're not going to have to encourage them to leave, unfortunately. I mean, you're not going to have to encourage some to leave. Instead, there's some you're going to have to be convincing them to stay. And that's just the world that we live in now. Josh brings this up. He's on the Murray West live thread on Facebook. Go to murraywest.com. You need your logo embroidered on anything. Contract embroidery company right here in Mississippi, Murray West. You can learn more about them online at murraywest.com. John said it takes a certain type of coach and money to be able to get quality portals. Uh, says how many of our portals have contributed? Yeah. And, I mean, I guess to a degree it's kind of like recruiting. I mean, you you know, you hit on some and you miss on some. But 
it seems to me on those it's all about an immediate fix and so you got to hit you got to hit on them uh, for sure other go other games this weekend Georgia whipped up on Florida 43-20 what was that 26 to 7 at halftime <laughs> um Ole Miss whipped Vanderbilt. Ole Miss really could have named their score, and they just called off the dogs at halftime, right? I mean, they're up 26 to nothing. Um, <laughs> I was talking to Annabeth on the phone as I was walking to my car outside of Jordan-Hare Stadium at Auburn on Saturday after the game. And uh, she said, well, uh, be careful on the road. She said, you can listen to the, to the Ole Miss game. I said, well, no offense, but I'm probably going to listen to another game, some other game. And she said, why? I said, because I already know the outcome, okay, and everybody else does too. I said, I just watched two of the worst teams in the SEC, and in fact, Vanderbilt probably the only one that's worse than these two. <laughs> and knew the score. Uh, they could have beat them as bad as they wanted to. Tennessee over Kentucky. You know, I know there was some controversy there, officiating stuff, but look, it's a Southeastern Conference. And if you're playing a... Even one that's even sort of kind of smells and looks like a blue blood, and that would be Tennessee, then you got to go into a game expecting to have to overcome lenient officiating on their their part. Yeah, you, you ex- expect it. So if you see a Kentucky fan and they're complaining about officiating, tell them, hey, take our approach in the Western Division when we play Alabama. We expect to get punched in the gut so that when they slap us in the face, it ain't that bad. All right. A little bit of time left with you here on this Monday. Stick around. crave your sport. It's often difficult to satisfy that special hunger. Not here, because you've got Matt Wyatt. Oh, I am starving. Don't worry, he's got a menu full. Um. All right. I'm Matt in the Bureau. Uh, in the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio, Mark said on the Murray West live thread, he's on YouTube, he said, remember, we have Vanderbilt's second-string quarterback starting for us. <laughs> well, you know, but but talking about the portal, you know, I would say, I mean, what kind of shape would you be in if you didn't? Now, I, I might be a little biased here, and he hadn't played a college snap yet, but I'm just telling you the where kid from Tupelo, he can play. He's an excellent athlete, smart as a whip, and he can really throw it. He was State's second-best passer back in the spring behind Will Rogers. He's a better passer, better thrower of the football than Mike Wright was. But he didn't have any experience, a little younger, and Wright had already played in 20 SEC. Well, had 20 starts over the course of his career at Vanderbilt before he got here. So the big difference in, in, in experience and that kind of thing and you put somebody out there in an sec game who hadn't played yet that that'd be kind of throwing them to the wolves but, but you're in that position right because you didn't have any experience depth at quarterback that stayed you know sawyer robertson had played a couple of mop-up snaps but he always and even after he's gotten to tc i mean to baylor he looks like somebody who's just got so far to go in terms of developing to the point that he's ready to carry an offense and, and really run an offense game by game 
he wasn't ready, but he was your most experienced backup coming back. And then um, really talented young kid. Another one who transferred out. He's now starting up at Wisconsin. So you can lament that all you want to, but I'll tell you this, you better be doggone glad you got him. And, and the other thing is pretty clear to me that upon making an offensive staff hire and a philosophy change on offense, that one thing that they wanted was a mobile quarterback in the mix. And that's one thing that he does give you. You know, and to Mike's credit, he, you know, in the second half, when you had to start putting it in the air, he made some throws. And when he's sitting back there in that pocket, some you don't really freak out because he's so athletic, he can get away and create every now and then, at least extend, extend plays. He made some throws the other day uh, in the second half. Just, you know, really too little too late and not necessarily consistent enough to to string together enough drives. So it, it's not burying the lead. The, the, I think a lot of the defensive stuff is the issue, but offense is an issue too. I mean, it's equally an issue. When, when You know, I know it's your backup quarterback. You don't have him, and you're without Woody Marks. It really is. So it's kind of bad timing for State. Because you're playing the two worst teams in your division, Arkansas and Auburn, in back-to-back weeks, and you play eight quarters against them and score two touchdowns. It, truth about it is, it was just a missed opportunity on Saturday. Because a more competent offense is really going to change how the flow of that game goes. But and they're fortunate to come out of that stretch. The way they've played on offense, they're really fortunate to come out of that stretch with at least one win, and and still. Feeling like they got their nose above water going in this Kentucky game, and if they could pull off the upset this week, you know, bowl game still on the table, that whole deal. Who are the others? Oh, Texas A&M beat South Carolina, obviously. But you know, as time goes on, for state too, the the Arizona game continues to look more and more like a good win, and the South Carolina game continues to look like a bad loss, doesn't it? And South Carolina is now 2-6 and six and 1-5 and five, uh, in the SEC. A&M put up 30 points on them. A&M's 3-2 going to uh, Ole Miss this week, 3-2 and two in the SEC. So I don't know. You know, the thing about A&M, you look at their matchup this week against uh, Ole Miss, the thing about them is they just don't look like a team that's going to go on the road and score a whole bunch of points, <laughs> which is what you're going to have to do to have a chance to beat Ole Miss in their stadium in there, you know. And, and LSU just about pulled it off, but still couldn't pull it off. Um, A&M, you know, they beat Auburn at home by scoring 27 points. And, of course, yeah, they, their starting quarterback, Wegman, he's hurt, so they're playing Max Johnson. He does have experience. So they beat Auburn scoring 27. Uh, they beat Arkansas scoring 34. 20 points in a loss to Alabama, 13 points in a loss to Tennessee, and that was on the road, and then 30 at home in the win over South Carolina. Uh, 33 in the early season loss on the road at Miami. So, you know, here they go to Ole Miss this week, which is pretty much a top-10 team, and and certainly a top-10 offense, right? And... Just seem to, as a team, that you know all the positivity from winning, 
coaching staff getting a lot out of them. They seem to be getting better. They're certainly getting more healthy, right? So I just I don't know I don't know how you look at the two teams and come up with some scenario where that Texas A&M team scores enough points. I think they're going to have to depend on Ole Miss to maybe have a bad day, maybe turn it over some. You know, may, I, yeah. we'll see. But anyway, that's how it looks. You know, if an LSU team goes to Oxford and can't stop them, how's an A&M team going to go to Oxford and stop them? You know, that's what you're thinking. Anyway, but that's why they play the game. It's not not always on paper. Uh, regarding Mississippi State, somebody texted in and said, do you think that we hang on to Chris Parson? You know, some of those I just don't know. I You know, I'm not privy to the relationships and, and that sort of thing. I'm really not. Um, I don't know what they're going to do. <laughs> and and so much of it, the, the, all those decisions are going to predicate on what happens over these next uh, three, four weeks into Thanksgiving and through Thanksgiving, Right? I mean, it's almost like name a scenario, and then we can talk about the, the possibilities. You go, okay, well, what if you don't win another game? Well, then you may be looking at wholesale stuff, but you may not because, again, old school, old way of thinking is, you know, all this turnover, a situation where a guy steps in for a coach who unexpectedly passes away, you got to give him more time than one year, right? you got buyouts to deal with and all that kind of stuff recruiting to it and it has been discussed a bunch the wild card in everything for for any school out there right now is the current environment the transfer portal is wide open there's nothing to really stop you there i mean we got coaches really across the spectrum but you got extreme examples of 50 plus guys gone off a roster and replaced in one year and that team's actually better you know um what do you do to be attractive to people in the portal other than just piling up your money and paying them? Because, okay, frankly, there's a lot of schools out there that are piling up the money and paying them. And if they can, okay, you can too, but see, you got to attract them somehow, right? All those things. And that may put the onus on having something to sell before you've even played a game in it. Um it's a tough deal. I, I don't envy anybody who's got those kinds of decisions potentially in front of them. I really don't. We were talking about roster turnover. Jason in Flagstaff, Texas, show and said, I'm not saying it's exactly the same, but there are a lot of parallels between where Zach Arnett is right now and where Jed Fish was out here at Arizona in his first year. A whole bunch of things were in bad shape to begin with before their quarterback went down. He says he and anyone else was going to be in trouble this year and need more than one or two to do anything. Yeah, you're talking about quarterbacks? Yep. Need more than one or two. More than one or two players, for sure. Uh, <laughs> somebody texted the show and said, I remember at the beginning of the season when all the coaches and writers' polls came out, State was picked last in the division. 
says, seems like every commentator couldn't believe they were picked last and that the defense was going to be outstanding. Well, I certainly didn't think they'd be this bad. And, you know, it's a little bit splitting hairs. A lot of people would go, well, just because you have people back, you know, it might not necessarily mean anything. Yeah, but it usually does. Nine times out of ten, it does when you have that much and that many older guys back. It's just that before you saw them play games, nobody really knew that offensively this was going to be grabbing a hold of the rug that was the air raid and going whoosh, and jerking it right out from under them, taking it out back, throw it in the dumpster, and just start over. <laughs> And by doing that, whatever your experience factor was on offense, you removed it by doing that. And nobody really knew that until you actually start watching them play games and realize that's what's going on here offensively. So that was part of it, too. But then defensively, there's just... you No one at all could have predicted... You could have said they're going to struggle on defense... No one would have ever predicted they would have the worst pass defense statistically that they've maybe ever had. Nobody would have predicted that. All right. That's been fun. Reaction Monday in the books. We'll line up again tomorrow. Do it again. Same time, same place. Farm Bureau Studio. For Beaver, I'm Matt. All of us here on the show. See you tomorrow. See you.